So Pastor talked about having a spiritual father on uh, Sunday. And so um, he just wanted me to tell you, because of what Pastor Nancy's teaching us, and uh, because of the word that came from Pastor Michael Lekedic about resting and the reminder to rest, he's taking it very serious. And so he is resting from Tuesday until Friday. And so that's why he wanted me to speak tonight. He wanted me to speak on this subject, but as soon as I sat with the Lord, it just seemed to rumble around in me. There's just so much on this subject. And uh, it, it can almost seem like it's a one and done, but it's actually not. There's so much in here for all of us. And uh, what we want to be careful of is that we don't take spiritual things and make them natural. Because the enemy would love to trip you up and get you in the natural on these things. They're of no use to you in the natural. They're not. And if they can be made natural and brought down from a spiritual place, you're going you're gonna to miss the fullness of it. You're going to handle it completely uh, mentally. Now, we handle all the word mentally. It has to go into the mind. It has to go down into the spirit. But if it stays only in the mind, it can, it can be so many things that it's actually not supposed to be. And so when he asked me and I sat with God, I thought there was just so much on it, I was surprised. I, was, I thought, well, I know this, and I know a couple of things here, and I can exhort, but just the Spirit of God came on me. So I hope this is a blessing to you tonight, and I just want there to be a flow. I've got some notes, and, and I'll look to them, but we'll see what the Spirit of the Lord wants to say. So 1 Corinthians 4.15, it says, For though you have 10,000 instructors, that's a lot of instructors, 10,000 instructors in Christ, Yet have you not many fathers? For in Christ Jesus, this is Paul saying, I have begotten you through the gospel. So he's comparing himself 10,000 to one. Now there are spiritual fathers and mothers all over the world. But in comparison to being a father and not being a father, being an instructor, he's saying 10,000 to one. He's giving numbers so you can see that a spiritual father or mother... I'm going to be saying spiritual father, but you know it, it includes spiritual mother, whoever your spiritual parent is, um, that there is a ratio here where you should, it can give you handles on it to see that God just doesn't have a lot of fathers running around in his body. Yeah. And not everyone's anointed to be a, a spiritual father. And uh, I'm sure the Lord appreciates, you know, the work that's done because a lot of work in the body of Christ is done through ignorance. People don't know, and they mean well. They mean well. And so the grace of God goes with them because he's kind, and he understands that we don't know things. But the anointing to actually be a spiritual father is a very precious thing. And it begets those of the church. It births those of the church. And there has to come an anointing in order to be a spiritual father effectively. And so what are the characteristics of a spiritual father that make it so precious and so rare? Well, like I just said, first of all, they're anointed by God. They're anointed by God to do it. They don't have to be perfect, but they have to be anointed by God to be a spiritual parent. If it's for the congregation member, it's a pastor. It is a pastor. And for the minister, it's a minister over them. It has to be a minister over them. And the enemy, he just, he works on getting us to, to click halfway in, partly in, one quarter of the way in. And things don't flow, they don't fit part of the way in. 
They don't. You'll get a benefit because the word of God benefits us. If we just touch it, it benefits us. But when we're talking about a full flow for this, this last day church, this revival, we've got to understand submission to a spiritual father. And it's spiritually discerned. It's a very spiritual thing. There are natural things that follow it. It's like getting saved. It's a very spiritual thing. But there are so many natural things that follow it. So many. But spiritually it has to be discerned what it means to have a spiritual parent. So a, a father will present you with the word and he'll keep you mindful of its value and he'll bring you back to it so that you're established in that truth. How many of us, we're running along, you go through, it could be a day, it could be a season, it could be a month, and a part of you would just, you're getting hit with things and you just can't wait to get to church. Yeah. Because you know, by the time I walk out, I'm going to be lifted, I'm going to be encouraged. There's going to be divine hope, not just hope, but divine hope put in me. And or if you come in deflated and you walk out, you know, with your, with your arms up ready to fight the right way. Yes. And you get, you get encouraged, you get strength. But it's spiritual strength. Yes. Well, a spiritual father has to have a consistency to them that you can count on them. Yes. They're there. They're yes. devoted. Yes. Yes. They're not going anywhere. You can count on it. Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday, or whenever those services are. Yet a spiritual father excels in faithfulness, excels in faithfulness. It marks them, they get it. And not only that, there is such a standard that has to be in the spiritual father in order to be able to impart that down to others. It has to be in you, it has to be seeable. It can't be a chafing, it has to flow out of you because you see. And if you see, you're not going to leave your church in COVID. I'm not criticizing the passage, but I am speaking truth. God said, in this place, truth will be spoken. No one has to go with it. Now, this congregation will. But no one has to go with the truth, but it will be preached in an uncompromised fashion. And the body of Christ doesn't understand these things, or they would, they would get in fully. And so it has to be taught so that there can come spiritual sight. And let me tell you, whenever there is spiritual sight... It's light and easy. If there's a grind for you, if it seems, I don't know, it's, it just doesn't, it doesn't fit with you, you either have to renew your mind more or you're so in your soul that you haven't gotten into your spirit yet on these things because they are always a delight. They're meant to set you free, never to enslave you. If you're feeling enslaved, it's either you're in your mind, which is very possible, you don't understand, or you have not picked up the light and easy flow of the spirit because you're handling it here, right? Or you're with someone you shouldn't be with. Because a lot of people don't hear from God. They pick a church and they go and, and there, there's a spiritual connection between a father and a son, father and a daughter. And it's, it goes both ways. It goes both ways, but it's a, very, it's a covenant relationship, but there's no slavery involved. It's, it's of the Spirit, right? So 2 Peter 1.12, it says, Wherefore I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance. This is Paul speaking. Of these things, I'm going to make you remember that you know them and be established in the present truth over and over, hearing it over and over. And every time we hear it, we're hearing different things. Yes. It's solidifying in us. We're established in it so that we're ready <laughs> and we're flowing in it. 
The feeding of a spiritual father is of utmost importance. The anointing of the leader is the reason they're called to lead you. That's the job, the feeding. That's the job of a spiritual parent. Spiritual fathers offer protection for the family in a variety of ways. I'm going to get into some stuff that I'm going to enjoy talking about tonight because I've, I've enjoyed the journey of having a spiritual father. When I, when I met, um, well, Sp- Dad Hagen was my first spiritual father, and he was nothing but light <laughs> in a dark place. Newfoundland is a dark place spiritually. I'm sure that it has gone downhill since I was a young girl, but when I was a young girl, you did not talk faith to those Christians. They did not want to hear it. And that was my experience for the 19 years that I was there. Now, are there good people there? Are there people there that would have received it? Yes, but I didn't know any. So Dad Hagen brought nothing but light. The flow of that, the doctrines that he taught, the spiritual revelation that flowed into our home saved our lives. Sometimes your physical life doesn't need saving. Ours did. So that's why we're here. And it saved us spiritually. But when I met Dad Dufresne, And he stood out first. I didn't know Pastor Nancy as much other than she was his gorgeous wife. But he was, there was something electric about him. When I met him, I couldn't take my eyes off him. I was so drawn to him. I would hear people say things like, he's gruff. And I thought, is he? Yeah, I just saw love. He was direct, but he was also incredibly loving. I knew his heart. And he didn't have to be perfect in front of me for me to respect him. I, he got what needed to be right, right. Does that make sense? I felt so connected to him. When he went home to heaven, I remember saying to Craig, I feel like this big, strong arm has been taken from around me and it's gone. And it was a bad feeling. But the Lord helped us through it. But Pastor Nancy was right there. And so the Lord just kept us right with her. And basically, her arm became his arm. It felt the same in terms of the safety, the strength, the revelation. We didn't miss a beat. I miss him. I miss him. But I love her. I, I, I just, it's awesome. So spiritual fathers offer protection. A doctor was like that and Pastor Nancy's like that. And they have two totally different styles. To- totally different. Doctor would come at you straight right there, right now, right now. <laughs> Pastor will stand back and say nothing. And the next thing you know, you're hearing it come through the sermon, this great teaching. I remember when we were in Peru in 2004, they didn't know us. We were down there. Can you believe it? We're in a Spanish-speaking country, and everyone needs a translator except us. (laughs) It's so great. We're sitting there, and the speaker, Dr. Dufresne, is English. You know, we were very aware of him. We went down to see him. And... um, as we're sitting there, they had brought a delegation of ministers with them, and a, a certain minister was pulled up to do a very short time in the afternoon because they were letting the ministers... They work you down there. You come, your, your team works, you know? And so this, this minister got up, and, and he, was, he was very immature. And, uh, and at some point, you know, began to make certain references to homosexuals, and, and they were not nice comments. Not that we're making nice comments, but we love people. Yeah. We don't need to hurt people. And so there was, there was a mockery about that. And so my spine stiffened. And I said to Craig, let's go. Let's just, you know, and no one would have seen us. We were, it was a crowd. No one would have seen us leave. And he said, you know, just 
calm your jets, Jennifer, it'll be okay. You know, and, uh, and so we sat there and I'm mad, but I let it go and, and, and it's over. And while certain things were being said by this minister, people were laughing, including ministers. And I think they were uncomfortable, to be quite honest. And so I was discouraged because I'm looking at some of the company and they're laughing and I'm upset. So I just let it go and that was fine. But then Pastor Nancy got up in the evening. Oh, what a master. She got up and she, in love, just pulled that man out. Yeah, pulled him out and said, you need a spiritual parent. You're not going to go far without one. God loves you. You've got this and this going for you. But God sees your race and you've got to stick close. And she handled him with such beauty that he felt loved rather than rebuked when he sat down. But the message was clear. And I said to my husband, I'm so glad that I got to see that because the message was clear. And she was teaching him about his immaturity, but that if he stuck with a spiritual parent, God would shave all those things off of him if he would allow him to do that. And I remember that. And so I watch her very much to see what she doesn't say as much as what she does, because that's her style. And so now when she says things, we'll look at each other because we know she's correcting or rebuking, but in such a beautiful way. So I love to watch her. But spiritual fathers will confront improper motives. And, you know, sometimes we don't even know our motives are bad. You know, we think that we're not this and we're not jealous and we're not that. (laughs) We don't want position, right? That's what we think about ourselves oftentimes. And then something will come up and a spiritual parent will see it and they'll correct it. Because there's so many angles of people that we love in the congregation. And it has, it has to be dealt with, it has to be corrected. If you love someone, you're going to correct those behaviors. Because if you let them go on in that, they're going to be stunted. No growth whatsoever. Same problems. Same mountain, going around the same mountain. I've learned as I go, life is so much more spiritual than we think. It is so much more spiritual than we think. And the mountains that we keep running around, they're so spiritual. And a spiritual parent will help us to, to confront it and to get past it. Amen. They, they protect from danger and they cover with prayer. I remember being with Pastor Nancy in just this last season, you know, and her teaching us about the offices and how if you're not called to business, you don't touch business. Now, God will allow some offices to do both. But she talked about how the office that is given, um, it's misused if it's used for politics. And that you can die young if you touch it. Now, with a very good heart. Is that not a good heart to want to have a voice in a nation of righteousness? But if God hasn't called you to do that and you're in an office and you touch that, do you know how many people are in the grave because of that? But because we have a spiritual parent, to us, it now seems, of course. But before it was said, it was not known. That's what a spiritual parent does. They protect. They show you where danger is, where you would just walk right off the cliff if you didn't know what they were saying. Mm, There was a minister. I won't say where they're from. We were traveling with pastor. And uh, they were very, very uh, known in their country. I'd done a lot of work. 
and were revered and certain people of the <laughs> opposite kingdom were afraid of them. And uh, we sat with pastor, and this is an established minister that had mighty works. And yet they were given to get rich quick schemes and touching things that had nothing to do with their office. And you know why they wanted to do it? Because they wanted to secure land for their building. And it looked so right. But in one moment with pastor, she talked to us and she said, that minister's in danger. My husband talked to them, now I'm talking to them, and they will not turn from these things, and it's going to cause more loss, because there was, it was cyclical. It looked like it would succeed, loss. It looked like it would succeed, and it would fall through. And it looked good. But see, she knew that they shouldn't be touching that. That trusting God, doing what they're supposed to be doing in their office, that they would, they would excel, yeah. given time. They would excel. That's the biblical example. True fathers stand boldly in the face of persecution because they are willing to lay down their life for the family. Just like a natural father, that's a good father, would give his life or would stand in front and take the heat. A spiritual parent will do that as well. John 10, 11 says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Now let's talk about this. What a shepherd is not. I want to talk about it because sometimes we talk a certain way about what it is, but when you talk about the opposite, it can bring a lot of light as to what a shepherd is not. When I was growing up, I had no teaching on how to respond to my pastor. I, I was faithful to church. I don't know if I was ever, in my young years, faithful to a pastor. I thought they were synonymous. I go to church. I'm a Christian. I go to church, pay my tithe. I don't cheat God, but it was never taught about the covenant relationship between a spiritual father and myself. And I didn't know anything about it until I met Dr. Dufresne. And then it it was like writing in the sky. It began, I I felt like, where have I been my whole life? That I didn't know this and I didn't know this at all. So let's talk about this. What a shepherd is not. A shepherd is not a buddy. And I'm going to explain it because I feel like God gave me wisdom to know how to explain it a little more. And I don't mean that in a cutting way because I got to be honest with y'all. You guys are such amazing people. It's like you just a total awesome hang. (laughs) Honestly, I go out in the midst. It's like I could talk for hours, hang out. Like let's go sliding somewhere up in Barrie. Honestly, I love the congregation. So it's not about repelling a relationship, a friendship. It's not that. And I'll explain what it is because I believe, like I said, God gave me the words for it. Although friendship is present because of love, when you love somebody, you start, you identify, that's my pastor or that's my, my, there's a love, there's a, if it's a friendship, then that's my friend. And all the actions that go with enriching that relationship. It's a natural reaction that when you love someone or you're loyal or you think highly of them that you want them to know it. That's perfectly, that's, that's life, that's normal, right? But the honor for a friendship and the honor for a spiritual shepherd, they're not the same. They're not. They're different. The spirit is grieved when they are inverted. 
So in reaching out in love, that's awesome. But in reaching out, if something lacks honor or it's given the honor of a day-to-day -day friendship, one is lower than the other. Because the one that's given for a spiritual parent is of heaven. It's a spiritual honor that is given. And it, it has friendship in it. I mean, wonderful enjoyment, fr a friendship in it. But it doesn't stay on a friendship level. It's much higher. And so what happens is, in the body of Christ, if we don't know that, when we love someone and they're over us, we immediately desire to bring them into friendship, not knowing about the honor that's of another level. And so, but if they're not taught, it can look like a minister doesn't want to know them, is rebuking them for wanting to be close, is uh, narcissistic because they, you know, they're bigger than me. They, what, they don't want to talk to me. It's not those things. Yeah. It's a protection. That honor is a protection because let me say this. If a person is a friend, we, we can talk, but anybody that is brought close because of their honor, at any time, they have to be able to receive the correction of that higher office because friendship is not a spiritual parent. And like a friend can look at you and say, I'm gonna leave that alone. You don't tell me, we love each other, but we don't tell each other everything. Or we, because we love you, we're not gonna say it. Oh, I tell it like it is. Well, no, you have no filter. You have no filter. Because there's, we walk in wisdom and sometimes we say things and sometimes we restrain. Yes. So with friendship, we may not tell each other everything, but as a spiritual parent, how many times have I heard my, my husband say, I don't want to do it. I, God's going to be mad at me if I don't do it. And God will say to him, you better believe I'm going to be mad at you if you don't say it. And so it can never stay on the same level as friendship. It's not supposed to be there. There is tremendous friendship in it. My children are benefiting because of the wonder of the friendship in this church. We're not repelling you. We're saying, if you come close, always remember we have to be committed and sanctified to being the spiritual leader. And not, not everyone is ready for that. Or you think you are until... You're corrected. And I don't think correction should be brutal. I think it can be if you've been corrected 10 times and then the ax is falling, just like a parent, right? You go to bed. You go to bed. You go to bed. I did this the other, the other night. You go to bed. I'm soft. I don't mean to be, but you go to bed. You go to bed. And finally, I come out in the hallway and I'm a raging bull. Get to bed. You know what I mean? So it can get there, but the natural heart of a spiritual parent is not to drop an ax. It's to correct and it's to love. And because we love, yes. we find it difficult to correct at times, but because we know that flow of the spirit, just like Reverend Taylor gets up and he sings a song and you can feel the anointing hit. Yes. It's the same thing with being a spiritual parent. There's a knowing, there's an innate knowing and anointing on the inside where you know you've got to deal with it. And you know God will give you the words if you'll trust him. Yes. But that is your job. You have to do those things. And so um, I don't believe that ministers have to be lonely. What I will say is this. There may be seasons where you're alone. But God doesn't make anybody to be a hermit. And he causes your life to flourish. And in seasons, you break out. Jacob broke out after the wrestling match all night. And he expanded. 
And he took the land and his family took off. I'm just saying, if the devil is standing against you and you're alone in a season, God didn't make you to be alone. I don't care if you're a minister. I don't care if you're a congregation member. You can trust him. He will make your life flourish. You don't have to be alone. But in seasons, you may have to stand alone for a little while. While God develops a family, a system, an environment for your nourishment, for your taking off. It's biblical. It's biblical. Amen. So I said the spirit is grieved. The spirit is grieved when they're inverted. I remember there was a, a, something my husband had gone overseas with someone who was delightful and totally ignorant in this area. Not taught. Good person. And so he was giving me feedback as to what was happening. And I was so grieved on the inside. I said, I said to him, that's out of divine order. And he said, yeah, I know it is. And that night when he went to bed, God spoke to him and said, you're not doing that again. Because there is a divine order. And listen, divine order, why is there divine order? Because when it's done right, there's a, there is a helping of the spirit, a flowing that is easy. It's not stepping forth, bold stop. It works. There is divine order, just like, just like a natural order in an office when it works well, you stand back and marvel because there's no wasted time. This one's doing what they need to be doing. They're plugged into their strengths. If it's, if it's a good place, you know what I mean? And you've also seen, I'm sure I've seen it, where there's not order. And well-meaning people, but it's, there's strife, there's problems, and they're not, they're hard. They make it hard ground. And so that's why there's divine order, because there's a flow of heaven that backs up divine order. His blessing is on it. Ah, when there is recognition of an inversion, I said this, but I'm going in through my notes, a minister, if they're wise, has to draw back because they recognize something that you don't. And it's not because we're better. It's an anointing to recognize it as we're developing. Now, young ministers, many times, not always if they're taught, but young ministers can get it wrong. And so what you see, you go into young churches and you see people walking all over the pastor and you look to yourself and you're grieved. You're not mad at anybody, but you know the people have not been taught yet because the minister doesn't know it. And so they can't teach it. They can't teach it because they don't know it. And it's messy. And it's very, very problematic. As people, people, we're equal. We're equal. Nobody's better than anybody else. But the anointing given separates a spiritual father from a congregation member. And that's from God. That's from God. People that are honorable are allowed closer as long as they understand that the higher anointing can and may bring correction. I just said that. They will have to be able to handle that. The minister is responsible to God more than the congregation member. Divine order protects you. Familiarity, which is another word for dishonor when it comes to the offices. These are spiritual offices. Everything is not in this category. Peers, and this, that's not in this category. We know what it is to honor people, honor our parents. But this is, I'm talking about the offices in our life that God gives us for our development. So true. Okay. Familiarity, which is dishonor, will cause stagnancy in your life. I would, I would say many times things will actually come to a full stop. If it's dishonor, God's merciful, but if it's dishonor, things can come to a full stop. Okay, so let me talk to you about what some of this looks like, because I've seen it. 
and, uh, and we've had to learn, you know. But some of this we learned by being around Pastor Nancy, and we were so blessed to go down to California and just learn from the ministers that were there, that were there before us, you know what I mean? And so I've seen this, you know, if, if you have a spiritual parent, you don't talk over them. I don't care if you're in the middle of your sentence, you stop. You let them, because they're there to teach you. And you already know what you know. And so it's, you need to be quiet so that you can catch the things that they're saying. And another one is being opinionated. We've taught this here before, but I'm condensing it tonight because I believe the Holy Spirit is helping us. Oh, this is another one. This one is a big one and it looks a certain way and it talks a certain way and it is satanic right to the core, but it does not look like it at all. A religious spirit. Let me tell you what a religious spirit sounds like when it's being corrected. I mean, the person is being corrected. Here's the big one. God knows my heart. That's the big one. That's the first one. And I've heard this one many, many, many times. Well, it's a big world out there. What they're saying is, you don't get all the say. You're not my spiritual parent. And when I leave you, I'm going to pick up right where I wanted to because it's a big world out there. But not if God called you to that person. If he didn't, please go and get another spiritual parent. And that's allowable. That's actually allowable. Right? Religious spirits, when you try to correct them, it hurts to be corrected. So what they do, to get out of that squeeze, they'll step back in, rather than submitting. Yeah. It's submitting. It's a spiritual application to submit yourself under a spiritual parent. See, God sees it and recognizes the action of the submission far above even your submission to that spiritual parent. God sees it. God sees it. It's very pleasing to him. That's the way that he promotes is through submission. Not from someone abusing you. Not from someone hurting you and going after you. Not from someone controlling you. It's, they're different things. Okay? Okay, I'll say this one. How you treat your spiritual parents' physicality. Physical. In your midst with honor. We don't do everything right. We're learning. We don't do everything right. We get corrected, I'm telling you. But we want to. But we don't do everything right. But one of the ways, one of the things that it just blesses me to do it is when Pastor Nancy walks in the back room, we stand up. She has told us over and over, don't do that. You don't have to do that. And we're like, we're doing it. <laughs> we're doing it, Mom. You know, we're doing it. Um, we stand when Pastor walks in and she can't stop us. But, like, I don't roughhouse with her. I don't shove her in jest. Right? Because Why? Because of who she is. She does that with people in her life. She's not touchy, but I don't do that. Did she order me not to do that? No. But where she stands in my life, I wouldn't dare. That's familiarity. She's not my girlfriend. But she's one of the dearest friends I have in my life. And there is a friendship there. But it's a friendship, and it's not sharp. It has no sharp edges to it because I'm loved. 
but I'm always aware she corrects me. She's aware of me. She, she knows things that I don't know. And as long as I'm always prepared, it's light and easy, guys. It's not like I'm going to be prepared. It's not that. She's not trying to cut me. It's light and easy, right? But I, I'm prepared. I said to her, uh, we were talking at the table when the ministers was telling a funny story about how they had gone to India, and I asked them how it went, and they said it was planes, trains, and automobiles <laughs> trying to get back. Anybody seen that movie? John Candy is at his best. I'm sorry, he is. I don't think they're swearing in it. If there is, I don't know what you're talking about. I never saw that movie. Uh, but I, I'm telling you, Channel 34, it plays over and over and over with the bad perm and the burnt-out car. Anyway, he said, that's what it was like trying to get back to Canada. And he was talking about how you know, they go over there, they work you to death, right? So you're paying to go, and then they're setting all your schedule, and you don't get to rest. And then you baptize people, and I'm not joking, in crocodile-infested waters. And as he's talking, I can feel this burn. I can feel it. And it's not here. I can feel it here. So I'm sitting next to mom, and I'm, I'm going to tell her, but I know she might rebuke me. Because I've told her things before, thinking she's going to agree with me. And I got slapped around nicely, but I knew I was corrected. I was in the back room. Let me remember that story for me, crocodiles, okay? But I was in the back room with Norval Hayes, and I'm having a heyday laughing. And, and, and he's starting to talk, and I kept going. I, I didn't know he had talked. Didn't she reach back she, on my hand? And I went, oh, sorry, Mom. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I learned. I didn't do it again. You don't do that when a senior minister there. And, well, I didn't hear him. Well, conduct yourself so that you do hear him. Thank God. I'm so glad. So anyway, crocodiles. So they are, they got someone there checking the water, but there's crocodiles in in this water. And I can, like I said, feel this burn. And I said to mom, I said, can I say something to you? She said, yeah. I said, does that seem ridiculous to you? She said, absolute nonsense. I said, thank you. So I said, it seems to me that that's out of divine divine order. And she said, yes, it is out of divine order. You don't allow people to set your schedule so you're exhausted, drag you all over the country so that you have no rest, so that you can't talk to God, so that they expect you to eat food that's going to make you sick. No. We will go as far as we can with you, but wisdom dictates that there's a divine order. So I remember Pastor Michael Jacobs was not the one talking about the trip to India, but he piped in and said, oh yeah, I used to go. And he said they'd have me ministering in the morning, ministering in the afternoon, pouring concrete, building houses all afternoon. Then they'd drag me three and a half hours for a, um, uh, a meeting that I had to preach at that night. So that's what I'm saying. We have lots of reference of great generals of God. But Jesus had divine order. He did not live his life exhausted. We have to have divine wisdom. You don't, you conduct yourself with wisdom and grace. Do you understand what I'm saying? But she's teaching me that. Are we going to be lazy? No, we actually have to slow down so that we can speed up. When, you, when we say slow down, what do we mean? Spend time with God. Yeah. Then when the answers come, you will speed up yeah. because the help will be there. The money will be there. Yeah. The revelation not to do trip A, B, but you'll do C. Yeah. So then you're accurate. There's an accuracy. There's an accuracy. Yeah. Pat, uh, Brother Randy Greer says, don't let your going outdo your praying. Yeah. Yeah. If you do, you will suffer critical loss. Yeah. Yeah. 
every believer needs to learn that. Slow down and trust God to make up for the time that, that you're setting aside and you schedule it. You schedule it just like you schedule anything else. Amen? Oh, okay. Pastor is first. I'm, I was talking about how she's in an esteemed position. A person that's a true parent will not demand it of you. But if you love them and you honor them, your honor will cause you to do more and more and more. Like, I mean, sometimes my husband says, Jan, how do we say that? They're going to think we're asking. And I said, just preach it. Just preach it. We're going to get accused anyway. So for the ones that have spiritual ears to hear, they're going to get out of poverty. They're going to get out of sickness. They're going to have miracles because they made a place for the prophet. They're going to have a supernatural encounter with God. So we can't slow down because some people aren't going to get it, even though we want them to get it. Right? There will never be a no if she asks for something. Now, the natural mind will say, how could you put that out there? What if someone's an abuser? That's how cults start. You're right. That is how cults start. But if you don't have the discernment to know if they're asking for something that's in the word, that they don't operate under a spirit of control, your spirit should be able to tell if someone's wrong. Your spirit should be able to tell. And everything that comes out of their mouth should be measured by the word. You should be able to see it in the word. And then you should watch the fruit and the interaction until you know. It shouldn't take long. But if it takes you longer, well, I just told you, what to check off on the list. We are planning a trip to Israel and we are going to fly across the country and back because she wants us to. Because she wants us to. And if we said no, she'd say, okay. I'll never say no. Elisha said, as my soul lives. Remember those words? As my soul lives, I will not leave you. He doesn't say it to anybody else. He says it to Elijah. They're special words. There's a special dedication. And look what he got. Oh, it's glorious. But look, Elijah said, you've asked a hard thing. Well, it didn't seem that hard, did it? Think about it. You're serving him. He's telling you what's going to happen that day. He's going up. You've asked a hard thing. Well, why is it hard? Because Elijah knew the dictates of the flesh against holy things. So he's telling Elisha, this is harder than you think it is. You have to have total focus and be hard on your flesh. It's hard on your flesh until, I mean, we train, right? But disciplining your flesh to be in all the services when you're tired. I was awful when I was younger. I'd be great until Wednesday, 5 o'clock came around, and then I talked myself out of going to church. I'm telling you, Craig was never like that. He doesn't understand that. I'm the opposite side of the coin. God had to work a work of righteousness in me so that I was faithful to his level. Yeah. I don't mind laying it out there for you because I just, I, we're not all him. Yeah, some people are strong. They just, they're drivers. They don't miss nothing. That was not me. I could miss very important things because I get tired and I get in my head and I talk myself out of it. And then I didn't go. And 
that's gone from my life now because the Lord was kind to me and he taught me and I was around other people that were going for it. And I thought, oh, this is not tolerable anymore. No one sat me down and said, you know, this is, I got it. By being around iron sharpens iron, I got it. And it was, it was good to my soul, it was not slavery. I saw it. Oh, I lack development, I lack light and the devil's talking me out of my blessing. Okay, I got it, I'll make changes, you know? But he said, you've asked a hard thing. And I said, why is it hard? And then we have human frailties. And the hardship comes with, we're not doing that anymore. We're not going to do that anymore. We're not missing church anymore. Unless, you know, it's a family once a year. You know what I mean. Yeah. Weddings or something. Things get scheduled. We're not, you, you go to those things because they're important. But the, the rolling in of all of our life, we're consistent. Right? And um, Elijah knew that a, a distinct focus and effort would be required. So he told them, and he left it with him. And he told them the outcome if he would do it. You'll get this if you do this. The others, the prophets that stood afar off, and the Bible goes out of its way to tell you they stood afar off. Those things are in there for a reason. They were spiritual, they were prophets, but they were afar off. And you know, there's something we don't talk about with Elisha. We're so focused that the mantle's coming, that he's got to watch Elijah go up. But do you know that it would have broken his heart to lose his spiritual father that day? He would have missed him like crazy, would have wanted him to stay. And he got to see a man go up to heaven without dying. So it was amazing. But what's the first thing he did? He rent. That's a, that's a symbol of grief. I'm not saying it doesn't mean other things. I'm just telling you, before he picked up the mantle and did the exact same thing that Elijah did, because Elijah taught him as a spiritual parent, he knew exactly what to do with that mantle because he watched it. And he didn't just watch it. You know they were talking. You know there was time of instruction. When someone is served with honor, they will bring you in. Because they're going to pour out into you. And Elijah knew he was going home. And here's this young man who chopped up all of his oxen, didn't look back, and did without any encouragement. And then there's round two. So that was the first round. What have I got to do with you? I gave you the call. God gave you. See what you do with it. I'm gone. Seems harsh. But if you get it as the Elisha, nothing will be able to take you out of that place. And so... I don't believe for a second that he was a mean man. I believe that they had close fellowship and shared things together, yeah. right? But then round two comes around. Stay here. He's tested again. Stay here. It's like, if I can get you to stay here, you should stay here. That's good. But by then, Elisha's passing all, he pa the Bible says that he passed all the tests. True. He passed them with flying colors. Yeah. He served, he was humble, and when the time came, he said, stay here, but I love those words. I mean, they're right from the bottom yes. of his soul. Yes. As my soul lives yes. on my life, yeah. I'm not gonna leave you. Yes. And he said it three times, that's vexing. It's like Peter, Lord, you know I love you. Yeah. Jesus asked him three times, do you love me? Yeah. Lord, you know I love you. It's like it had to be said. Yes. It had to be said. The devil comes after us and we have to speak to him, but there's certain things of the spirit we have to answer and do, answer and do. And it can be repetitive until we're on the other side of it. For some people, 
there is a temptation to be offended. So they have to answer it. Yeah. And then it comes again and they answer it. Yeah. And then they come and they answer it. And then they're on the other side of it. Yes. Yeah. They're on the other side of it. Yeah. They don't struggle with it yeah. because of that spiritual force, that authority, yeah. that right action that they've learned. Yeah. It's so important. You should be very aware and with great confidence of who God has made you. And from that place, be free to be as humble as you possibly can. It is God's way to great promotion and fulfilling his plan. A lot of people struggle with rejection. I'm telling you, it's the bane of the human existence. All of it, all of us have it in a measure. But when we are fully in knowing that we're approved by God, that we're loved by the Lord, then it's like the reach, trying to make life meaningful. Oh, that's exhausting. Ever watch Instagram? Best way to do this, best way to do that. It's like, it's exhausting. I think some of it's amazing. Don't get me wrong. I've got some good products from, you know, Instagram. I, I like being in the know, but... But it's exhausting. It's like, like if you didn't have Jesus, how would you live everyday life knowing that you got to make everyday count? I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> That's exhausting, right? But if you have, if you sit with him and you're secure and whole, then when somebody corrects you or someone doesn't like you, it doesn't matter. Now we can say it don't matter, but then we'll pine on it and hurt and cry. Because we're not solid in that yet. Meditation on, I'm loved, I'm accepted. I don't have to do one thing to be loved and fully, fully accepted, fully. Like if you take that and meditate on it for just 30 days and get it in you, the reach will stop. Then it's just him downloading to you what you need to do and you talking to him. And then you're secure. Right? Why was I saying that? (laughs) I don't know. I was going to, I was, Okay. Yeah, humility is not insecurity. People put it all in the same bag. That is like a wounded soul walking around that needs healing. That is not humility. Humility is knowing you're completely accepted, completely seen by God, and then you go wash the toilets. And you don't need the mic. You care less. Seriously. Or whatever that is in your life. And when you cease from that, you're letting God make you. Then you're free and you're so free to be humble. What it really means to serve, not from a need of getting anything or having to get position or make everything count. Do you know how frustrating it is to have a spiritual parent and want to be seen and like you walk up to them and they forget your name? We're not there, but when the church is 3,000, 6,000, it's going to be a challenge. So I'm talking tonight about what a spiritual parent is. It's the feeding. Yes. And it's the submission to that feeding. Yes. I want to get, through, where am I? Oh, shoot, it's going fast. It's going fast. i gotta, I got to speed up. Okay, okay, okay. Let me tell you something else that a spiritual parent is not. Because the devil, I don't care who you are. I bet you any money he said this to everyone in this room. Because he said it to me. Okay. You t- we talk about great submission and honor and showing up. It requires your very life. Do you know how much of your life it requires? People say two hours on a Sunday morning, you don't know what you're talking about. That's 
You don't, it requires everything. To be present, to get the kids in church, to get up in the morning, be at worship practice. It re- you're tired, it requires, traveling, it requires. I mean everybody, I'm not talking about just ministers. Okay? So such a great um, expectation on you. Right? And then um, something happens and hell shows up on your door. And the enemy goes, some good to have a spiritual parent. You heard my new fee come out there. I know you did. <laughs> some good. What good is it? People say, what good is it to tithe? Right? It says that in the scriptures. So you hit hell. And your pastor or your spiritual parent is expecting such great faithfulness and hell still comes to your door. So what's the point of a spiritual parent? Right? I've been sitting in church for years and hell is at my door. Right? But what's happening, the reality is is if you see it properly, you're being trained to handle hell. You're being trained. And a, a spiritual parent will many times have a word, have encouragement. Lots of intercession goes on for this church by name. But it's you that's being trained to handle hell. And sometimes that hell can be a protracted season. We see it in David's life. You try living in a cave for a long time. Do you know Saul, I mean, they got armies trained to kill. None of us know what that feels like. Yeah. Or at least if someone here does, I don't know that you've gone through that. Or, I mean, none of us have been told that there's a sniper waiting for us <laughs> if we show ourselves. Yeah. And if we did, you'd feel fear. Yeah. Right? Real fear, okay? So we got David, and then we've got Paul who beseeches the Lord, begs the Lord. He's got a devil harassing him three times. That's not three days. That's seasons. You go to the Lord, you go to the Lord, you go to the... Time's passing, okay? So it can be a protracted season, as we see in David's life and Paul's life, but you're being taught how to handle, how to spiritually handle things, if you've got an ear to hear. If there's no movement, and I didn't say victory, because it can take time to see victory... But you know what I mean by movement. You can be in your prayer life and God's bearing witness or you can feel his presence. Or he, there's movement in your life. And you're speaking, if there's no movement and you're speaking to mountains and enemies, more training is required, often more consecration and dedication for you to see. But these are to enrich you, not break you, to get you into an easy flow because right now you're in a flow that's trying to crush you. They're to strengthen you and give you delight, not make your life slave-like and dreary. Pastor Nancy couldn't keep our trials and tribulations from us. I'm talking about my husband and I. She doesn't live in our family. She doesn't live with the assignments of hell assigned against us. She doesn't have the same dynamic working in her life that we have in ours. Some of the things we're going through, she's never been through. And, And vice versa. She doesn't spend time praising us, although we absolutely feel her love. And while we do share things, the majority of our personal life is our own. I know she's trustworthy, but that's not the dynamic. 
So then what's the benefit? What's the benefit? Right? Fair question. Well, the wisdom up close and a great strengthening that makes our combat effective. And I do use those terms on purpose. When you are reading about battles in the Old Testament, you should take a moment and study those, what it felt like, what it looked like, what the odds were, because we're doing the same thing by the Spirit today. And if you don't know that, then that's why you're here. You've got to learn to fight. You've got to learn to rest. And you have to learn the fight of faith. And it says laboring to enter into rest. And again, I think think that scripture that talks about Jacob wrestling with Jesus is an exact picture of laboring till the the light breaks, till you're marked and your name is changed. Because he broke out after that. These are spiritual symbols of a very real reality that we're living today. So, true feeding and fruit. I look at the fruit in her life. Never seen anyone walk through death like she has without being overcome by grief and sorrow. People left her. It wasn't just doctor. Her ministry thinned right down. And look at her now. And God talked to her the whole time. And the whole time, she was joyful. I looked at her and I thought, now that's real. You can't fake that. You can't fake that. I didn't even know it was available. A spiritual parent will make you realize things are available for you. Something to be walked in. Spiritual manners. When we go down there, no one talks about anybody else. No one. There's extreme honor. And she, she tells us, if you're doing this, this, and this, you're spiritually rutted. If all you want is spiritual teachers, you're spiritually rutted. She got all over a bunch of us. Not me. I was not including this one. I'm sure I included lots of stuff, but this one I didn't struggle with. But the different calls and offices in the pulpit, you know, people were starting to kind of go, you know. And she said, if you're doing that, then you're not participating in that person's anointing. You're getting rutted. You're getting in your head. Now stop getting in your head, get in your spirit, and receive what they bring. See, you're getting spanked, right? Okay, yes, yes, that's right. Okay, good, good. We need to remember that, right? Spiritual manners, okay. Identification of spiritual rooms and spiritual growth, what it looks like. Did any of you know about spiritual rooms before you started coming here? And if you did, were you taught by somebody else? Because I didn't know anything about it until Dr. Dufresne. And I knew in my spirit, that's right. Then he showed it in the Word, right? With Elijah in that spiritual room. And then it lights up. Then you begin to see it all over the Scriptures. But if you weren't taught it, you wouldn't know it. And then rebuke when we're missing it in the love walk. I have seen pastor attacked, never in person. Never like face to face. Uh, That would be hard. I think we might have to show a little flesh there if that happened. But anyway. Um, but when we're missing it, she, she never retaliates. I, I learned from her. You don't, Jesus was the same, but she's got skin on. I see people and I hear things. And you cannot pull her into it. If someone hears something about someone who puts something, a message, because they see her account, not her personal one, but her ministry one. And if someone brings it up, you do, she retreats. Ah, oh, God bless her. She will not. You can't pull her into it. I'm learning. Like, you can't pull me into it either. I got a spiritual mother. Right? 
protection and advice, there's not enough that can be said about those. With protection, um, I learned from her this past year in June that if you don't get all the way in in your office, and she directed it at women, men are the same, yes. but there's a lot more women doing that than men, yes. right? Um, but men are doing it too. But, but she said, if you don't get all the way in, you're going to open the door to the devil because the devil knows you've left the door open and he's, he's going after it. Right. He's going after it. And so that ignorance puts people in the ground. Yes. But because we've been taught, we know how to get in, stay in, how to look for things. This is not just for ministers. This is for everybody in this room. If you're a believer, this is for you impartations into us personally and our church, Amen. right? The spiritual DNA is deposited when she's here. Yeah. And when the other ministers are here, you know, the ones that we have over us. Safety in public settings as we observe. She's a lady, but she's a commander in chief. Yeah. yeah. You never, you know that it's not going to get out of hand where she wouldn't have her hand on it. And there's a lot of mess in churches, guys. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I'm not out there looking around. I don't want to know because I love God's church. I love his church. I love his body. But I'm just saying you shouldn't be able to just walk up and take a mic. You know what I mean? You know, we had a, a lovely lady that came here years ago and could not understand why she, first of all, she was a stranger. We didn't know her. And second of all, she wanted to prophesy to everyone. And so I knew she needed to be talked to, and I sat her down. And when I sat her down, you don't have to believe me, but I saw demons. I saw them. I saw them. And I saw that she would not listen. And so she did leave, and we had, she had to go. You're not doing that here. You're not doing that here. And my husband is very strong in this. And, so, and there's no fear, because we don't care what people think. We do and we don't. We care what God thinks, right? And so there's a safety here. If things get out of line, we're on it immediately. If there's flesh, we lovingly but firmly deal with it. Because we also believe that the congregation needs to be trained. Right? And if they're acting out, then it's okay to educate. Right? Give them an opportunity to change it. Uh, Accessibility. I have no idea how many times I hear my husband call pastor in a month. He doesn't overdo it, but there's a regular connection, accessibility. And she is so generous with her time. Because if you're a spiritual parent and someone has questions, they've got to get the answers. They have to have the answers. Seeing into the spiritual realm and identifying and putting handles on it for us. Were you guys here when she taught that message, answer it? Yes. And she brought the specificity right from the scriptures, how Jesus answered Satan. Now, how many of us have read that chapter, and not thought for a moment, oh, he was modeling it for us. Yeah. Oh, it's a time for us to speak yeah. and command yeah. because we're supposed to be doing the same things. Well, I never saw it until she taught it yeah. that we're supposed to answer. And that's just one of the amazing messages, yeah. right? Okay, I'll say this, learning from her mistakes. I don't see her making mistakes. I'm not saying she doesn't make them. I don't really see mistakes. Everything she touches... I see it flourish. That's the truth. The ministry, the books, I see it flourish. But she's very transparent about if we're asking her questions and when she had run into something, how to handle it, or how, 
not to handle things in the mental arena. That is so huge, and that is for all of us. You don't even know you're doing it until you realize you can handle it a different way. And I don't know about you guys, but I have to keep dusting that thing off. I feel like, oh yeah, I know now. I'm not to get in my mind. And just this past week, I thought, oh shoot, I gotta go back to the basics. I can feel something rolling around, rolling around, rolling around, and, it's, and I don't like it. And I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, oh, Father, thank you for a spiritual mother that keeps bringing me back. Amen. Bringing me back. You're handling it in the mental arena. You're going to get beat up there. And, and it's a proficiency that comes with time and practice. You actually have to practice it. I'm not going to think about that now or today. I'm not thinking about it. I'm going to take my thoughts and think about this. And then your mind goes and you go, no. No. Seriously. It is practice just like you'd practice for a team. It's the skills. It's, and so to, God wants you to get to the point. Remember Pastor Nancy said she was, something was, buff, an evil spirit was buffeting her. And the Lord said to her, if you were in the spirit enough, that thing wouldn't even be able to talk to you. You wouldn't be able to hear it. And I thought, hold on. That's a huge statement. First of all, I didn't know that existed. And second of all, how do you get there? Because you're there and I'm not. I want to get there. And so that's what a spiritual parent does. They, they show you what's available to you, right? And it's a good life. It's a great life. How are you supposed to go out into a world of enemies and not be crushed? Well, there's spiritual equipment. Not only will you not be crushed, you'll be stronger. You'll live above. And she's experiencing it. It's beautiful. And I'm almost done. Ooh, went fast. Okay, I'm, I'm going to stop now. I'm just going to read one more paragraph. Learning how she handled satanic attack and buffeting when her husband died and decades of three-year increments of buffeting by an evil spirit. Do you know, like, where do you get that kind of training? Where do you get that? Joy in the midst of attack. I did reference that. Tutelage and a drawing awareness of the meaning of Scripture that we would most likely just skim over and not understand. But there's like a well of richness there. And a spiritual parent will pull it out. Why? Because they're there before you get there. Yes. They're there before you get there. They see the potholes. They see their own development. Remember in, uh, I think it's 1 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul says, we're comforted so we can comfort you. Now, if, you don't, if you're not careful, that sounds so religious. They're there. No, there was such a struggle, such a battle. He says we despaired of our life, but God who delivered us, we believe him to deliver us again. He will yet deliver us again. He's saying we got as low as we could get. We cast our lives into the hands of the Lord, believing he would deliver us. He delivered us at the cross. Now we're believing he's going to deliver us out of this. And because of what he did for us, we're going to turn now and comfort you. When you hit death's door, when you feel like I'm not going to make it, I'm going to, we're going to comfort you. We're going to tutor you. We're going to show you the way out. It does not mean that hell won't come. It means you batten down the hatches, you stay with the word, and you keep going. That's what it means until you get to victory. And uh, so I, I said you get answers. You know, I, I mentioned how not to die young. That's just one way. 
you know, getting fully in. Don't stay halfway out. Listen to God. How to rest. How to lead. How not to be pushed by needs. This is not just for ministers. It's for everybody. Shouldn't be living your life tired. If you are, you've got to make adjustments. How to get out of the mental arena and into the spirit. Uh, how she does her calendar and checks her spirit first. Nobody pushes her. How she doesn't engage in attack. She has spiritual manners. I'm just cluing up. Warnings. How to be tough but soft. How to require things of those working with us. How to handle danger. How to make the plan of God our home and not complain against it. She was the first person and the only person. I think now we're all mimicking her, right? That's what we're supposed to do as spiritual children. But when she said, um, don't complain against the plan of God, just say, the plan of God is my home. When she said that, I just felt that go right into me. So no complaining on the flights. No complaining, no complaining, no complaining. You might sail through the first three flights and then get on the fourth one tired. No complaining. No complaining. You know, no complaining. So, but to have it modeled for you is so beautiful. And I will say this. A father gives an inheritance to their children. Have you ever been around someone and they've got like this amazing father or mother who's done amazing in life and you know they get married, they get the house, there's a boat waiting for them, the kids are blessed, there's university tuition. I'm just saying like you look at them and you feel good for them and if you don't have it you think wow okay I, I have many things but it's like really cool to see a rich inheritance. Well a spiritual father is to give that inheritance. And if people are fatherless because they don't recognize, no matter how good you're doing, you are lacking your inheritance from a spiritual father. It's missing. No matter how good a single mom is with her children and God is her husband, they'll be fine. But I'm saying they, can, they could tell you and mark out the things they've had to overcome because there was not a spiritual daddy there. When my kids wear me out and I give them over to Craig, <laughs> I'm so thrilled, praise the Lord. I'm just saying, you know? Or I give them over to their pop. I'm just saying these, this, is, this helps, this aids, this gives wisdom. So with a spiritual parent, of course, it's far above that. And, and a lot of people don't recognize that they need a spiritual parent. You know, Joshua knew he needed Moses. Yeah. Be quiet, Jennifer. I gotta, and, um, you know, um, Joshua knew he needed Moses. You know, Elisha knew he needed Elijah. Uh, Timothy knew he needed Paul. And what a father he got. Can you imagine the stories we're going to hear when we get to heaven? It's going to be amazing, you guys. We're going to catch, we're going to get to know all the things that were not written. What it actually sounded like, well, let me just tell you this, this and this and this is what happened. We're going to get it all in living color. Right now, we just have the anointed word that we need. We're not missing anything. But when we get there, it's in full color. So when you leave tonight, just know that what a spiritual shepherd is, and it's, it's, true, it's meant to be long-term, it's meant to be seasons of your life, and what it's not. And don't be discouraged if it, if it doesn't look as natural as some of the things that you'd like, because that's actually not what you need. You need utterance from that spiritual office. You are loved. You are prayed for. We don't live in everybody's home. I'm sure nobody would want us to anyway, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. We love you dearly. We pray for you. We actually get down and pray for you. We love you. We're rooting for you. I know that the revelation is going up in this house. You are the delight 
of our life. And I know there's flows. My husband has an apostolic flow, and so much of it is correctional. But don't ever forget that you were birthed yes. by the Spirit of God, Amen. that this is a candlestick and he had your name on it, and that we love you, we intercede and travail for you, we want you to succeed, we want things to be averted, we love you dearly, Amen. dearly, and we're so happy that we run our race with you. Amen. And I mean it, they're not just soft words, the Lord hold me accountable. Father, I thank you for their precious, precious countenances, Lord God, they're so wonderful to teach, and I love them. I thank you, Lord. Let this go in, Lord. Let even words I have not said, let it ruminate in them. Let them go all in, Father. Let them be secure in it and confident in who they are. And then whatever you lead them, Lord, it'll be to their blessing. Whatever light goes into them, it's for revelation's sake, and it's for a life set on fire by the power of God. We don't want anyone tripping up, Lord. We want to run together. We have to run together. We have to fight together. We have to worship together and take... Take what we know out into the world, Lord God. We stand together. We pray for one another. And there's a spirit of unity in this place because a spiritual father is in this place. And our spiritual fathers, Lord, are theirs as well. There's this wonderful, wonderful rank and divine order. And I know it pleases you, Father. I thank you for each and every one of them. Bless them, bless them, bless them. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen.